Welcome back to In The Moment. I'm Lori Walsh. Well, we've been dealing with COVID-19 for almost a year now in South Dakota. How has it affected you, your work, your workplace? If you've become less engaged, tense, or depressed, have you sought help from an employee assistance program? Today, we're joined by Tim Hertz. He's an employee assistance program clinical specialist with Avera, and he's going to talk with us about COVID fatigue and how to persevere. Tim, thanks for your time. Appreciate you being here. Thank you for inviting me in, Lori. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, and I think this is a topic that probably resonates with everyone. And when we say COVID fatigue or pandemic fatigue, we're not talking about the medical um, condition of being sick and trying to deal with some of those really difficult problems. We're talking just about the weariness of the disruption, of the isolation, of washing your hands and trying to follow, wait for a vaccine, all of that. It's kind of been a little bit of a, of a, a grind. Tell me um, from your perspective, uh, some of the things that you have learned about the role of employee assistance programs over the past 12 months, because you've been in this for a long time, but everything has to have changed for you as well. Certainly. Well, you use the word grind to this thing, and I think at this stage that we're in with this pandemic, that's a perfect word to describe it. You know, in the first months, we were we were afraid. A, a lot of times, you know, it was tense. Our mm-hmm. stress was very high. We were all on pins and needles. Well, we're kind of beyond that whole pins and needles thing, and now it's just this day-to-day grind. Uh, to get through each day, to remember to wear our masks and to, you know, all the social distancing and all those things. And, and that grind is really wearing on people and on organizations, on, on employers and so on. And, um, there are a number of things that, um, have become apparent to me and to organizations that they can do to help just maintain a better sense of wellness and optimism in the workplace. We often use words like engagement or morale of employees, uh, and it becomes very important. And the first is, to me, a sense of gratitude, and that could be gratitude on the part of the employer, certainly, and also the employee. But the the employer can express gratitude to their employees for the sacrifice, the commitment, If you're just tuning in, you're listening to In the Moment on SDPB Radio. My guest is Tim Hertz. He is an employee assistance program clinical specialist with Avera. And of course, as we talk about all the disruptions of the pandemic, we get our disruption of our own. So we're going to bring him back on the program here in just a minute. And it's an opportunity to talk about patience and uh, grace as so many of us have been dealing that with that this year. Um, here's what's coming up a little bit later in the program. Seth Tupper is going to join us for Why is that? And it is a look at the Bison Center at Custer State Park. You'll get a little history here in just a moment. But I think Tim Hertz is back with us. Hey, Tim. Hello, boy. The Isn't that perfect? Yes, just, it's all got <laughs> for some reason, unfortunately. So I am just, uh, uh, it will express my gratitude at how infrequently uh, that has happened over the past year as engineers and uh, whoever <laughs> the people are who are keeping us connected. Um, a little hiccup there. So you were saying, yes. you were talking about gratitude and the sacrifice right. and the commitment, and that's when we lost you. Why don't you pick it up there? 
Right. Employers can express that sense of appreciation for all that employees bring and, the, you know, what they're doing to try to uh, help a company move forward, right? And, and that becomes very important to express that clearly and consistently. It can be done multiple times in different ways, and companies have ways of communicating with employees. And it's important to take opportunities to do that, uh, not let employees forget that. But when employees are have gratitude for their employees or for their employers and everything that it, you know exists in their life we know that people have a better sense of overall wellness that's uh, mm. borne out in studies and so on and so just maintaining a sense of gratitude for um, you know the, the the things that are in life and amongst our life it becomes very important another really important topic is generosity uh, employers can be generous, and we've heard reports of generosity of employers in many ways. It can be financial. We've heard about employers who have uh, financially uh, gifted money, have given bonuses, so to speak, to their employees through this pandemic. Uh, and that's really generous, but not that's not possible for every employer, but they can be generous in caring for their employees, showing empathy, uh, thanking them, like I said before, um, just, you know, bringing in lunch once in a while for employees, whatever it might be, but just that sense of uh, we're giving back, we're, we're contributing, we're trying to smooth this out and, and make it better for you. Yeah. Another important... Uh, oh, go ahead. I want to jump in. I want to jump in before you go on and, and ask you sure. a couple questions. And one of the right. things is, as I, you know, do we do so much coverage of the pandemic and politics and, you know, with, with right. everything from impeachment to the state house. And every once in a while, I'll be on Twitter and I'll see somebody, one of the people that was on the show often, for example, who was talking about topics like this, you know, wellness and, uh, you know, gratitude and things that we talked mm -hmm. about before the pandemic. And I've been asking myself, are those things a luxury um, that we talk about when things are basically good? Because sometimes it's hard to make time for some of those things when there's so much like hard hitting news happening. And that might be a specific thing in journalism, but I'm guessing it applies to your work too, in the sense that, so my question to you is, um, working with your employees on that better sense of wellness, that engagement, mm -hmm. that morale, is that mm -hmm. a luxury for when things aren't as tense and as uh, stretched so thin as they are now? I think it's essential uh, that, you know, we, we do what we can right now. Morale is really, or engagement is, is really under pressure through all of this. I uh, very recently was talking with a human resources person who called us, who wanted to consult with us and get some ideas because through this, well, before the pandemic, they, they talked about how engaged and positive the, you know, the atmosphere was in the workplace. But through this pandemic, they've had to uh, terminate people, um, let people, you know, uh, do some uh, rotation of, of layoffs, that kind of thing, furloughs, as we call them, um, and so on. And it has created this, this negativity in the workplace for them. And they want to get that positive vibe back again. And so it, we really have to work hard at, you know, um, finding ways to um, 
you know, bring that that positive energy back into the workplace because in, employees who are engaged and feeling good and doing well are more productive. Yeah. Um, three will, million women have dropped out of the workforce last year. Um, this is uh, gender, gender neutral when we talk about wellness and uh, employee assistance program, but I'm specifically wondering um, about families who have had mm-hmm. to make different choices because their kids are at home. Obviously, this, uh, according to these statistics, uh, disproportionately affects women, but it's certainly affecting the whole family if those women are not earning, not saving yes. for retirement. Um, mm-hmm. What about some of those massive disruptions that we're seeing in uh, with with education and, and loss of, of childcare and in-school time over the past year? Um, Talk about that a little bit, please. Well, yes, we we know that the the pressure that employees are under it comes home, and it's affecting mm-hmm. everybody. We have uh, heard a, a number of people many times. We've we've done surveys and things like that, and one of the things that's happening is more substance abuse, more alcohol intake uh, mm-hmm. by a lot of people. And when we when that's happening, when people are impaired at home, it really begins to affect um, you know the uh, relationships. Of course, it's it's very hard on relationships, and so that. That's, that's really a concern. And so we also hear about anxiety and sleeplessness that's brought on by that and people constantly worrying. And and now it turns into depression because the sense of optimism is just gone. They're, they're mm-hmm. dreading what the future brings for them. And that's very, very hard on families. Children are impacted by that. The relationships amongst couples are, are certainly impacted by all those things in a very negative way. Yeah, I know people who have just divided their house in two and they're living in separate parts of oh the my. house right now. That's how mm-hmm. uh, de- desperate it is. It's heartbreaking. When when managers are dealing with their employees, though, there there is that line, you know, how much do you want to ask a person about what's happening? On, you know, how much is, is your business? It's, talk a little bit about management versus these employee assistance programs and when managers should, you know, be there with gratitude and support and kindness mm-hmm. and thoughtfulness and when mm-hmm. they must be referring to these professional mm-hmm. services. Talk about that, please. Well, the frontline managers know what their employees are like when things are going well for them. They see the uh, positive communication and the looks on their faces, and they just, you know, they they sense uh, what people are like, and they sh- those managers can watch for changes when that sort of optimism disappears when when people are complaining, when they're showing up late for work. There's absenteeism calls and um, you, you know people start sharing about the problems in their personal lives uh, it starts coming out and so when they see that that's a time to approach the 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 temptation or the sort of the um, first reflex is to avoid that person who is showing signs of stress we don't want to be around that we don't want to interfere or pry too much or, violate their confidentiality, but really that's the time to step right in and say, I notice that something's not 
right with you. What's going on? And through that conversation, shape it towards, um, remember, we have resources for you in our community, in our benefits, whatever it might be, to help you. And I sure would like to see you take that step. And, and I can even help you make that first phone call if you'd like. You know, something like that that helps them connect up with helping resources. As an EAP, that's often how employees get to us first, because a manager cared enough to say, I'm concerned about you. Let's get you some help. Tell us what kind of resources are available through EAPs. Mm -hmm. Well, employee assistance programs are really a, a workplace wellness program, and and so uh, an EAP offers those employees and usually their dependent family members with free and confidential counseling to help people with, you know, it's short-term based typically, um, but it's to help people initially with those problems of daily living that we encounter, like we've been talking about. This can be uh, stress, mental wellness. Can it also be financial or legal trouble? Absolutely, I mean, how, yes. how broad are yes. some of the programs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, well, EAP's got their start many decades ago now in in the whole substance abuse field because companies saw that alcoholics were negatively impacting the workplace. But EAP's quickly grew, and we start helping people with all the things that people think about when they need a counselor. So it can certainly be relationships, mental health kinds of things, depression, anxiety, the like. Uh, It can be difficult decisions in, in their lives that they're facing uh, issues with the management of their children, lots of things like that. But also we are the first line of contact many times when there are financial or in some cases even legal problems that they're facing. Many EAPs will offer free consults for financial and legal services. Usually that's a vendor who offers that to the EAP and we make a referral you know, to a real expert about that. Yeah. What about confidentiality? Does you, If your manager says, I'll help you make that first call and, and you mm-hmm. get connected then, does your manager mm-hmm. find out um, mm-hmm. who you've talked to and what you've said? Yes, that's an excellent question and something that EAPs have to continue talking about because it's so sensitive. But we have the same level of confidentiality requirements that your physician does. We can't say anything to anybody about somebody's particular participation outside of certain requirements, like if abuse is reported to us or if somebody is in danger of hurting themselves, that sort of thing. Um, but but uh, uh, we have a very, very high level of confidentiality. We don't tell the employer that a particular employee is using the service. Yeah. Is there something on the other side of this? You've been in this work for a long time. Tell me some success stories, um, because sometimes it can be hard um, when you're feeling hopeless to make a call because you know you're going to have to do some hard work ahead. Do you have stories where people were able to stay in jobs that they love, to, to thrive after reaching out to an employee assistance program service? Yes, certainly. We have that happens every day in our in our field and in our offices, where um, you know an employer makes a referral because an employee is stressed. It's starting to show up in some way in their uh, either their work productivity or their work behavior, and through you know trying really helping that person find 
uh, some relief, um, they turn that around and they become re-engaged in their workplace. I can't tell you the number of times I have had a first session with an employee or their family member and towards the end of the session, as we are getting up and, and uh, you know, going to the door, the person is starting to put their coat on, perhaps, and they say, you know, it just feels good to talk. You can see and hear, see in their face and hear in their voice that, you know, the tension has just drained away. In fact, I heard that from a, a woman just yesterday that since it was our second session, and she said, you know, since that first session, I feel better. My my level of tension and anxiety just dropped after we were able to have that first session because I had given her some good direction that seemed to be fitting for her, uh, and, and that can really impact the way, you know, we behave in the workplace when we're not so distracted and stressed mm-hmm. about some other area of our life. Tim Hertz is an employee assistant program clinical specialist with Avera. Um, great talking to you today, Tim. Hopefully you'll come back with us uh, with other focused topics that we can continue in the future. Thanks for being here with us. Thank you very much.